Well, friends, my name is Pastor Ashley, and I am so grateful that you've decided to spend yet another sunny Sunday. How many of you are grateful that it is October and it ain't rained yet? Hallelujah. No, I actually love the rain. It's the dark that I have a hard time with. So I'm just so grateful that I see the sun. It's, it's amazing. I will take it as long as the Lord is willing to give. Amen. We have so much going on in the life of our church. I want to invite you, if you've never filled out a connect card or if you have a prayer request, there are physical connect cards and prayer uh, cards on the backs of your seat. But you can also text the word Pacific to 84576, and that link gets sent directly to your phone. We are a praying church. We are seeing God do incredible, incredible things. In fact, this week, we've been praying over so many needs, and I just got a text message that a baby that we've been praying for, which is my nephew's daughter was just born and she's healthy and mama is healthy and we are so grateful for that and the picture is she's so squealy and awesome and so I'm excited for that but I just want you to know that that when you send us a prayer request we send it to the prayer team and we pray over it all week and then also on Wednesdays at noon prayer and it's we're seeing God work it's so powerful, and so we'd also love to connect with you, resource you in whatever way we can, so take a second to fill that out. Also, today, everybody say today. Today, we start session one, step one of in-person growth track. No Zoom. It's in person, and I am excited to teach it. Even if you didn't sign up, directly after service, you can walk straight down the hall. We have a classroom set up. It's only going to be about 20 minutes, 25 minutes tops. Come join me. Learn, yes, a little bit about PCC, but really learning about who we are as the church globally, and then about your specific giftings, skill sets, leadership styles. I'm excited to teach that, so make sure you join us today for step one. Even if you can't join next week or the next, you can do step one this month, step two next month if you need to, step three the next month, however you need to do it. We love being able to be flexible for that for you. Also, women. Women's Bible study has been on fire. Can I tell you that? And we are meeting on Tuesdays via Zoom. It's Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. If you haven't been a part, no stress. All you have to do is text, and we will catch you up. We have video uh, of the Zooms that you can catch up, or you can just jump right in. And here's the beautiful part. We're studying the book of Jude, and the word book is a little tricky because it really is just a chapter, okay? And everybody said, oh, maybe I can do that, right? So we're just discussing, like, a couple verses every week. And so that's amazing. It's not some massive homework that you have to add to your checklist. Join us. We would love, love, love to have you. Also, 
Last but certainly not least, we have another one of those symbols. This scripture is so very clear about us partaking in, and that's baptism. Friends, we are excited for Baptism Sunday. It is October 23rd. If you have never been baptized or maybe God's doing something brand new in your life and you want an outward symbol of that, please sign up. This is one of the most fun Sundays ever to me personally, not just because I get to get in the pool and it's heated, hallelujah, but but it's such a time of rejoicing and celebration, and we want to give you a couple weeks to be able to invite your friends and family if you're partaking with this, and so you can sign up online, you can sign up in the lobby, we are excited for that. We want to give you a second to prepare to worship in your giving. We want to thank you for your faithfulness. We want to thank you for your willingness to be open to whatever God is speaking to you. I love this idea of just asking God. You know, a few Sundays ago, JF even mentioned, he's like, look, if, if the giving thing, if you struggle with it, I get it. I get it. In fact, when we first got married, that was a struggle for us, because we'd seen that element of church manipulated. Anybody seen that? Right? And, and that made us feel gross. And at the end of the day, if you feel that way, can I just tell you, just pause. Just pause. And I, n no one wants you to feel coerced. In fact, Scripture is very, very clear. You're not supposed to give out of compulsion. Okay, so nobody's sitting here saying, if you send in blah, 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 not only will you get a vial of, I don't know. No. No, none of that. The idea is that God loves a cheerful giver. And here, here's the thing. In the original language, that word is more excited And so it's not like this idea of like, uh, I got to flip a switch or what. It's like, no, ask the Lord his perspective of it. And can I tell you, when you start to see how God operates and what he desires to do in and through you, you get so stoked, you can't wait to give. You can't wait to link arms. You can't wait to sign up for Dream Team. You can't wait to be a part of the prayer. Whatever it is, ask God. He says, test me. I will rock your world. That's the Ashley version, right? Test me. So I just want to encourage you, just ask him. Ask him to reveal it to you. He is so faithful. Amen? You can text the word donation to 84576. That link gets sent right to your phone. We have envelopes. You can wave your hands, and these amazing ladies will bring one right to you. You can also give online. 
We've had some people email and call in and ask about um, bill pay, and that's super easy. If you have a bank that does bill pay, all you have to do is go in and put Pacific Coast Church, and it will automatically be withdrawn monthly. You can do that too. If you need help with that, we can help you with that. Also, we're going to start talking a little bit more about Amazon Smile. If, if you're getting ready to do your holiday shopping, we know y'all are already thinking about it. I got catalogs in the mail yesterday, okay? Make sure you sign up for Amazon Smile. We have the information in the lobby, super simple, and a portion of everything you spend on Amazon actually comes to Pacific Coast Church. Hey, Jeff Bezos, tithing. I'm kidding. <laughs> yes, Lord, make it happen. <laughs> Father, thank you, Lord, that you speak to us that you desire to use us, that you never wanted to just come and poof, change everything by yourself. You wanted to use your kids as your representatives to be your hands and feet. And Lord, this is exactly what that looks like. So Lord, help us to hear you as you lead and guide us into exactly what you want us to do. Give us the courage, God, and the strength to respond. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Awesome. Hey, well, one more time, thanks for being here today on this beautiful Sunday. My name is Pastor JF. If you're, if you're new with us, thanks for being here today. Uh, what a, what a, this is a great church. I love being a part of it and all that God's doing. Hey, we're continuing our series today entitled Foundations of Faith. We uh, are in the fall season now back kind of into the swing of life if you will and so uh, we're just taking some time to really uh, focusing on uh, a handful of the tenets that's when, when I say tenets is kind of an old school word but tenets really in the in the church world are those are those key components that we believe in that we um, uh, root for <laughs> that we affirm and so we've been looking at subjects like the church of Jesus Christ that's kind of a big conversation isn't it um, we were we, we, we've been talking about uh, God's word and and uh, communion and we're going to be talking about with bapti uh, baptisms coming up here in a couple of weeks I'm going to be teaching on uh, what baptism really is and why it's important and so for some of us this is all stuff that maybe you already know and it's like yes it's just like a reaffirmation for some of you this is some new stuff that you've probably maybe never heard before and so you're you're getting uh, acquainted with it and so we continue that today hey the role that I'm in as a pastor I've been doing this for a bunch of years now part of that involves weddings how many of you love a good wedding don't are I, in what you know what in my role it's one of my favorite things I love getting to be a part of uh, people's weddings especially when people ask uh, myself or my wife or even we've done it we've we've uh, performed marriages together that's my favorite one by the way we're actually doing one of those in a couple of weeks but but it's just, it's an honor, you know? Like this is like one of the most sacred moments in somebody's life. And for someone to say, hey, would you be a part of it? It's like, me? There's a whole lot of other people that you're choosing. So it's a real honor. And so, but it's, it's, it's something that I really love. And, and part of that process uh, for me, I, I like to, if, if I'm not, um, whether or not I, I know the couple really well or not, I like to spend a few 
sessions with them, uh, getting to know them and talking through uh, some of the elements of marriage and and in the, you know some of the stuff that comes out in those in those meetings. By the way, sometimes they're like, oh, I, didn't, I didn't know I was signing up for this. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like so. It's kind of like. We can, we can pump the brakes here if you want, and we can maybe do this in another six months. I don't know. It's up to you. I, you have to make that decision, but it's really, you know, it's, it's premarital counseling, if you will. So, so that, for me, that's fun, too, because you get to experience uh, the couple kind of learning things about each other, especially in the area of finances. I, I, find, I found that that's always... But, but I, can, I remember one time... I was sitting with this young couple, and they were, they were newer Christians, too. And uh, by the way, they got married, and everything's going great for them. But sit, I remember sitting in there, and I remember the bride, she said, Hey, you know, Pastor Jay, I, I'd, love to, um, I'd love to have that passage of Scripture in the wedding. Maybe you could, you could read it. That's like the love one. You know what I'm talking about? I'm like... Really? I've never heard anyone ask for that before. First Corinthians 3. Yeah, that's the one, right? And I said, okay, well, let's, let's read it in here together just to, just to make sure that you're fully acquainted with it. The loved one, we'll read that together. And, and so I remember I just, I pulled it up, 1 Corinthians 13, where it says, love is patient. <laughs> love is kind. Right, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, love's not proud, it's not self-seeking, it doesn't dishonor each other, it, it, it's not easily angered. <laughs> Here, here's the one that everyone, everyone kind of goes, what? It keeps no record of wrong? <laughs> it doesn't delight in evil, and, but it rejoices with the truth. Love, it always protects. Love, it always trusts. That one's hard. Love always hopes, it always perseveres, and love never fails. And then, I, then I, 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 I read that, and then I looked up at the young man, the, the groom-to-be. I looked at him, and, and I said, after I read this, I'm going to look at you, son, and I'm going to say, now, do you promise to love her for the rest of your life? And in that moment, I'll never forget, it was like, have you ever been on a dark road and the headlights, and there's that deer. You know what I'm saying? It's like, like it, like he, it was like he, he obviously had never read this passage before, right? And I'll never forget his face and 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 the shock. And I'll never forget he just simply said, "You're kidding me, right?" Like, how can anybody always do that, right? And, and we kind of laughed, right, and, and we talked through some of that. But, you know, there's times where we all feel that way, right? Especially when we read Scripture. And, and, and if we're honest, uh, sometimes we read the Scriptures and we think to ourselves, how in the world? <laughs> like, there's no way I can do all of that. Sometimes we read the Bible and it's like, I don't know if I can live this way. It's too hard or what, what not, right? And in Paul's letter, I'm going to spend some time in Ephesians today. If, you're, if, you're, if you have your Bibles, if not, you can follow along. But 
In Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, he starts chapter 4 with one of those types of verses, but in classic, like, Paul fashion. He doesn't just leave us there. And so I want to read this passage because we might read this, and I wanted to set it up because when we read this, maybe especially if you've never read this before, you're going to be like, there's what in the world? That's impossible to live that way. But he doesn't, he doesn't leave us stranded with that thought. He gives us, he gives us the, the solution. And that, the solution is what we're going to talk about today as we continue this series on foundations of faith. Here's what it says in verse 1 of chapter 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Here he says it. He says, be completely, you can change that adjective out for maybe totally, be totally humble, be completely gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Now, I I don't even, like, we've been in this series now for four weeks And I haven't gone into each one of these talks um, saying one of the main themes of each one of these talks is going to be on unity. But here it is again. And I love that. It's one of the core principles that we are called to pursue as the body of Christ. The unity of the Spirit through the bond of what? Of peace. Now that's quite the list. But look what he says here. He he goes on and he answers the question as to how to live this out. Verse 4 starts off and it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. There is one body. There is one spirit. There is one hope. There is one faith. There is one Lord. There is one baptism. There is one God. There is one Father. So what is he trying to hammer home here? Unity. Unity. And he knows that it's hard. And so he dedicates the next section. Basically, the rest of this chapter, he dedicates it to giving us keys, if you will, to living out this thing called unity. And here's the theme. Every key that Paul gives us to live in unity as the one and only body of Christ has to do with the Holy Spirit. Period. Let me say it another way. It's impossible... For us to live according to God's will and purpose as the global church without living by the Holy Spirit. We have to have the Holy Spirit in our lives to even begin to think about living this way. Let alone pursue it. Now, I don't, maybe if you've been walking with the Lord for a minute here... You, you can look back in moments of your life where you can say, if it wouldn't have been for the Holy Spirit in my life, 
I don't know how I would have gotten through that. (laughs) Can I be honest with you? Because I'm as human as you are. There has been moments in my life where I've looked back and I said, thank God. I mean, if it wouldn't have been for the Holy Spirit, I might still be locked up for assault. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, thank God, some type of peace reigned me in. That wasn't me. I'm just being real today, man. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Be willing to take on someone else's. I got enough burdens already. You want me to take his on too? And so Paul lays it out for us. Specifically in three areas. Three areas that have to do with the Holy Spirit. All right? Because we need the Holy Spirit to live out what he's called us to do. This is the foundation of our walk with the Lord. And this is the first area that's required to assist us in living the way the Lord's called us to. And that is the gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. So, so Paul has just listed for us the assignment from the Lord on most days seems impossible. But directly after that, he gives us the how. And here it is. Here's, here's the hope that we have. It says in verse 7 of chapter 4, or yes, it says, But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned. Aren't you grateful for that? This this is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. And then he goes on in the next couple of verses about how um, he he goes into how Jesus defeated the enemy and, and brought us power, right? And then verse 11 So Christ himself gave, what did he give? He gave gifts. And what what are the gifts that he gave? Well, he gave us the apostles. He gave us the prophets. He gave us the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. To do what? To equip his people for works of service. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach, underline it, here it is again, unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So here Paul, he describes people who carry titles based on unique spiritual gifts. All right, so evangelists, that travel and they preach the gospel, he, Christ has given them a specific gifting to do that. And, 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 and do you see what I'm saying here? And, and I need to tell you that I don't think Scripture actually lists all of these spiritual gifts. I, I, I don't put God in a box. I, I, I think there are gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. Of course, there's a laundry list of them in the Scriptures, but I think there's even more than that. That, 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 that Scripture doesn't even refer to. And so Paul talks about spiritual gifts in another uh, letter to the church in Corinth. He goes on and he says this. He says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, 
I do not want you to be uninformed. Now, look, I, I just said it. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in every one. And to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And, and then he lists a bunch of them, but he goes back to reminding us who they're from. And he says in verse 11, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. If, if you're just getting acquainted uh, with P uh, Pacific Coast Church, I want you to know that we believe fully in the gifts of the Spirit here. 100%. And we believe that if you are a believer, that God has already placed specific giftings inside of you, and it's His will for you to operate in them. That's what we believe here. We also believe that He always has more for us. So, so maybe you're sitting here today, and you think to yourself, I don't have a uh, specific gift that I'm praying for yet. I just want you to know that it might be coming. Yeah. Right? And that's not JF's uh, idea. It says it right here. It says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. I, I, I interpret that as in waiting, if you will. Right? I want more of what you have for me, God. And by the way, we're starting growth track in person today. This is, this is where you, this, this, this growth track, track will help you in this area. You're going to, in growth track, you're going to begin to discover the, the spiritual gifts that are already inside of you that perhaps you, you had no idea about through a, through a process. It's actually pretty fun and, and you'll really enjoy it. So I, I really encourage you to do that. And, and here's the thing. This operating in your spiritual gifts, it takes practice. It takes practice. Look what 1 Timothy says in chapter 4, verse 14. It says, do not neglect the gift you have. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. There's a, there's a practical part of this thing, all right? And then the passage, passage leads us next, to the next point. So that first thought is the gifts of the Spirit. And then when you begin to discover what those gifts are in your life, as you begin to pursue maybe ones that you don't have that the Lord's going to give you, and as you begin, what happens is growth in the Spirit. You, you begin to grow in the Holy Spirit. Let's read in see what really that looks like. Look at, back at verse 14 of Ephesians 4, starting in verse 14. It says, Then, after we've discovered and we're beginning to operate in the spiritual gifts that we have, then we will no longer be like infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people, 
in their deceitful scheming. Maybe, maybe you know somebody like this. Maybe, maybe you've been in a season like this personally. Maybe you're in it right now where, where uh, you, you feel tossed back and forth. Maybe you feel confused as to what is God and what isn't God. Maybe, maybe there's been a season in your life where you're like, man, I just, I'm so confused. Is God saying something right now or is he saying to do this or do that and whatnot? And, and, or, or maybe it's just uh, about, about how to handle a particular situation, right? Well, Paul is saying that when we begin to operate in these gifts, we'll begin to grow, we'll, be, we'll begin to uh, mature, and instead of being confused and deceived all the time, we begin to operate this way, starting in verse 15. It says, instead, speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So we don't just speak the truth. We don't just speak love, we do both. We combine them and we give equal attention to both of them. Two quick notes about the context of this verse that we just read. First of all, it's referring to biblical truth. Make sure, you, and I've said this many times before, when we hear about truth in the scripture, we're talking about biblical truth, not Facebook truth, not cable news truth, okay? Biblical truth is the first part of the context of this passage of Scripture. Secondly, the context is believers speaking the truth in love to other believers, not evangelizing non-believers. Now, evangelizing non-believers is important, and that's what we're called to do, but that's not the context for what Paul's uh, communicating right now. He, he's, he's talking about believers speaking biblical truth in love to other believers. And lots of Christians get this one confused. <laughs> Paul is saying our truth is God's word, meaning speaking truth. It's the word of God that's coming out of our mouths. And our audience is other Jesus followers because they're the only ones that would truly understand what's being communicated. So speaking truth with love has to be balanced. It can't be unbalanced. And it has to be biblical truth from one believer to the next because the recipient knows that truth if if they really are a belief if it's not a belief they're like what are you talking about i don't know that version of truth anybody you don't have to raise your hand but anyone like terrified as heights as as i am yeah i'm just like and that's why i love tightrope walkers because it's, it's something that I can't even wrap my head around it. It's so insane that someone would want 
to do that. And then not only that, it's insane to me that after they did it one time, they do it again. Like, you already, you won that thing. Like, and there's this, there's this one, there, there's this like famous American family that goes back generations and they, they're all in the tightrope uh, industry and they're called the, 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 the Walenda family. Have you seen these folks? I think like the grandfather died or, and there's like a video and you're like, no! And then all of his like sons and grandkids and do- they all, they just kept doing it, you know? And there's this one dude, I guess he, held, he holds all the records, Nick Walenda. Have you seen this guy? Nick Walenda. Oh yeah, I've seen him go across, you know, the Grand Canyon, and they're all like, prime time tonight on CBS, Nick is going to walk five miles, and, you know, and it's just, you're like, ah, I can't, I gotta watch that, because if he falls, that would be crazy, and that's something I want to see if it ha-. you know what I mean, like, we are weird, aren't we? so weird. We're just like, you know, moth to a flame. It's like, maybe he's going to fall? Like, do I clap? How does this work, you know? So I remember for like, this is a few years ago, they hyped up, I don't know, it was weeks. It was like every commercial between games and stuff, Nick Walenda was going to cross Niagara Falls. Do you you remember this one? And so it's all like, tonight, he's going to... And so, man, I tuned in. I was just like, I was so afraid, but I was like, there's no way he can do it, you know? Well, of course, you know, he gets, and, and, and the, they got like the drones, and he's like out of the, and I, I've been in Niagara, when I was in, a kid, I, I went there with my dad one day, he was speaking at a church, and so he's like, let's go, let's go to Ni- Niagara Falls, and it's, it is like, you think Snoqualmie Falls is, in, you know, cool, Niagara Falls is insane, you know, and I'm telling you, it's windy, and, but, but there's this scene of him, and, he, and he's walking, and I remember there was this side, and then this side was Niagara Falls, and I noticed that he never one time was like, ah, like, <laughs> like never, he, nor did he look this, he just was like dialed in the whole time. And, and, and he was just focused, and he just kept his head forward. And, and, and I watched, and he, and he did it, of course, and, and it was awesome. But they were, they were talking to him afterwards, and they're like, Nick, man, how did you do it? Like, Niagara Falls was to your left. Wasn't that distracting and all of these different things? And I'll never forget what he said. He said, in order for me to accomplish these feats, I have to give respect <laughs> to both sides of the tightrope and I have to focus on shifting and, and, and mobilizing my body and my body weight in such a way that gives equal attention to both sides of the tightrope. And yes, I knew the whole time Niagara Falls was to my left, but I couldn't give it more attention because if I gave it more attention, it would throw my balance off and I would fall. And when I heard him say that, I said, I'm going to put that in a sermon. <laughs> I got to figure out how do I connect that is, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and what I found, this is a perfect illustration 
to this speaking truth in love. The, the, the balance of this is so important because too much truth and not enough love and the recipient may receive the information as just straight, uh, fiery judgment. Too, too, much, too much truth without enough love, they just might say, ah, and not even hear it. Why are you condemning me? But on the flip side of that, too much love and not enough truth, right, may disregard sin altogether. And this is what Paul's talking about here. We have to have both truth and love. And we need to understand that God loves us perfectly regardless of what we do. Regardless of what we do, but also understanding that God loves us so much that his spirit is grieved when we choose what isn't his best for us. And it's not because he's angry with us. It's because he wants the best for you. He wants the best for me. The best, most abundant life filled with every good thing that he has to offer each and every one of us. So we need to understand principles that allow us to operate in the fullness of what God has for us. All right. So that first thought, the gifts of the Spirit. Secondly, growth in the spirit, and I just alluded to it just here. Here's the third thought as, as the band comes back, and that is grieving the spirit. Grieving the spirit. That's what Paul goes on right here. He's explaining, as, as he concludes this section of his letter, he, this, is, this, is, this is the section where he talks about that. Let's go back to chapter 4. Verse 17 says this. So, I tell you this, and I insist on it in the Lord, that, that you must, take note of this, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Not because God won't love you anymore, but because he's called you to a better life, all right? Verse 18. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, that's in, due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity. Well, lost all sensitivity to what? To who? To the Holy Spirit. They, they've stopped listening to his nudges. They, they've dismissed it when he would tug at their hearts. That's another, that's another thing. As you begin to operate more in the Spirit, uh, you're going to feel him and hear him and know him more than you ever have. Right? He's, you know, you know at first, you know, we, you know, as new believers, we maybe kind of interpret the Holy Spirit as Jiminy Cricket, you know, like on the shoulder you know, and you know, I'm just telling you right now that conscious thing, conscience thing. That's that's the Holy Spirit tugging, nudging. Go here, don't do that. Pump the brakes, hit the gas, <laughs> right? 
And Paul's saying here, those, that have, those whose hearts have been hardened through, a, you're going to see how that's happened. But what happens there is that that, that nudge, that whisper, that, mm, that bump begins to go unnoticed in their lives. They've given themselves, and look what happened. This is how it happened. They, they, they've given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. Man, I wish I had a half an hour on the subject of greed. <laughs> greed. Greed will, greed, greed corrupts. It corrupts. It destroys humanity. It, it, it rips apart good relationships. It destroys people. Push out greed in your life. Greed says, no, you still don't have enough. You still don't have enough. You'll ne- keep whatever it takes. And Paul's saying greed has filled that place in their hearts. My God, may it not happen in mine. That however, that however is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that's in Jesus. If I only explained to you that the love of God without, if I only explained to you the love of God without telling you the truth of everything he has for you, I, I would leave you a massive disservice. And that's what Paul is doing here. Think about it like, th- like this. You know, my son Fulton was at the age when it was time to walk. The loving thing for me was to encourage him to do so. Why? Because I wanted him to reach his full potential at the right time in his life. And I can remember the process like yesterday. Parents, you can remember this. That little guy, that little girl, and, and they're... I remember Ashley holding him like this. And I'm dad. I'm down on the yoke. All right, buddy. All right, man. You're going to, you know what I'm saying? We all did that, right? And we can remember, man. Ah, ah, and you just use it. One step. And we're like, yeah. And then what, what do they do? Just they hit the deck. They just hit the deck. And, and I remember the first time he did that, I said, are you serious? Only one step? What is wrong with you? <laughs> no, of course not. Not only did I not do that, I was like, one step! <laughs> you did it! You accomplished it! Son, one step! <laughs> Ask my wife. It was crazy. But then what happened as... As he began to practice that one step over and over, and we and he one step, bah, boom, bah, boom. Man, after weeks of that, days, weeks, months, he began to take another one, and another one, and another one. And let me tell you, on Saturday, I was at his soccer game, and I was just gassed watching him run. You know what I mean? Now he can go for hours just. God has so much, for, so much more for you that he's, he's calling you to live up to the entirety of your potential. He's on the floor, man, and 
He's like, come on, daughter, come on, son. Take the first one. Yes! But he's, he doesn't just go, you did the one step, all right. Figure it all out. That's, that's, that's all I have for you. No. He stays on the floor. He goes, take another one. Take another one. There's more. You begin to, to practice those gifts that I've placed inside of you. Begin to learn the gifts that you don't even know that are inside of you, but you're going to find out. Begin, begin to call on me. Begin to ask for more gifts in your life because I want a daughter. I want a son that desires more of my spirit in her. That's what he wants. Man, he wants his kids to be like, Dad, give me more of who you are. And we serve such a good God that that's all he wants to do. And, re and, and religion, religion has this all screwed up. <laughs> He's not up there whacking out. He is, daughter, I love you. And I have so much for you. Look at the text and then we're going to pray. Paul goes on to say, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds. It's that washing of the word. It's that renewing of our minds through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's a process. It's a purging. It's a spiritual purging is what it is. Verse 24, and put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is, this is who he is. And scripture always refers to the Holy Spirit as a he. Now, that has nothing to do with gender, by the way. It has everything to do with the fact that he isn't it. <laughs> he is a person. And as a person, he desires a relationship with us where love is transferred back and forth. Right? So how do we hurt the Holy Spirit? How do we cause him pain? Well, Paul laid, laid it out. It's when we hold on to bitterness. It's when we rage and we and we 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 live in anger and 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 slander is our reputation. When we trash other people, whether that's to their face or behind their back, and I don't really know which one's worse, it doesn't matter, it's all wrong. And Paul says, this is, this is how we grieve the Holy Spirit. Leaves us spiritually sick. I've met people that it's left them physically sick. It brings great pain to the person of the Holy Spirit. And now listen to me right now, friends. I am not pointing at you. <laughs> this is a sermon for me today, too. I'm telling you. This is a convicting word, and, 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 and Paul is being, being led by the Holy Spirit in what he's written down here. But the good news is, is that on the flip side of grieving the Holy Spirit is the way we love on him. 
and, and we bring him joy. And the way we do that is through the forgiveness of each other. Just as who? Just as Christ forgave us. Th- this is how we do the opposite of grieving the Holy Spirit. We love when it's hard to love. We forgive when they did us wrong. And they haven't said sorry yet, right? And let me tell you, that right there, I'll throw, I rarely throw in my opinion out, <laughs> but let me just give you one. In my opinion, that right there is impossible without the Holy Spirit living inside of you. For someone to hurt you and you say, it's, it's fine, I forgive you, before they even say, I'm sorry for doing that, that, that goes against every morsel of your human flesh, doesn't it not? Can we just be honest? Like, how do we do that? It's, it's, it's through what we're talking about right here, the gifts of the Spirit. The, the gifts of the Spirit, man, is a foundation of who we are in Jesus. And if you're a new believer, get to growth track today. You can begin to learn about, I mean, lists of gifts of the Spirit. How you can understand how they work. And and then secondly, the growth in there. And and then as you grow, being reminded that if we're not prayed up every day, if we're not repenting, if we're not reminding ourselves of who we really are without Christ right? If we don't do what we just did a few minutes ago on a regular basis, receive communion. What's communion all about? Remembering who he is and what he did for us and remembering without that, we are doomed. And Jesus said, do it as often as you can. Do it as often as you can. And part of that is waking up every morning Thanking God. Lord, thank you for your love and your grace in my life. Your forgiveness. Now may I, through the power of your Holy Spirit living inside of me, leave my apartment today and pursue treating people in the same way. That's what he's called us to do. And this is the foundation of our faith. Come on, bow your heads. We're going to pray right now as we close. Today, maybe you're here and, and you say, JF, I, would you pray for me? I, I am in a season of my life where I feel hopeless. I've come into this place today. I, 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 maybe, maybe you've been coming for a while and you're, you've been searching. Maybe this is your first time. Maybe you've been here for a long time and, and you say, Jeff, I need to say yes to Jesus. I need to accept Christ into my life. Or maybe you're here today and you say, I, you know, I walked with the Lord for a long time and then something happened and, and um, it's caused me to kind of start living as Paul talked about, as the Gentiles do. There was like a hardening of my heart. I've given myself back over to that thing that controlled me for so long and, and that nudge that the Holy Spirit is what you're talking about. I don't sense that anymore. I remember a season when I, re, when I, when I, when I made decisions and 
and I listened and I waited and then I and and, and the, the the spirit was leading me and then something happened or a series of things happened and and um, that's that's where I'm at where, wherever you're at on that right now because he's so good because he never did leave you even though you feel like maybe he did he's never left he was just waiting he's waiting and now today you say yes Lord come into my life maybe that's for you for the first time to say Jesus I believe in you I believe in you I receive you into my life God, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made poor choices that have led to uh, consequences, Devast- some, some devastating consequences, all due to the choices that I made that were opposite of your heart. And so, God, I just, um, I just take a minute and, and I, uh, I confess that, yes, all of that took place and that I'm sorry for that. But even in the midst of this, the poor decisions I've made in my life, I know that you're a healing God and that you can heal even, even uh, the mess that I've gotten myself into. So I receive my healing today and I commit the rest of my life to walk with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, guide me. May I discover, discover the, the gifts inside of me that you have. You created me in a specific way so that I can live out the service and the assignments and, and, the, and, the, and the purpose for my life and be fulfilled in the process. God, I pray for the person right now, if, you, if you're recommitting your life to Christ, you can do that right now. This isn't a thing you got to sign up for. It's just, Lord, I recommit my life to you. Heal the broken places of my life. Thank you for what you did for me. May I begin to reoperate, start it back up. Those giftings and those different directives that I once had, that you gave me, that I, that I just I stopped, I pumped the brakes. I'm going to begin to live that out now, walk that out, starting when I walk right out of this facility right now. Let it be so. And then, Lord God, I pray for my friends in this room. that They love you. Some of them... Uh, have just been reluctant for, for various reasons. Fear, uh, the enemy lying, saying that you can't step out in that. God, I pray today, Holy Spirit, give some of my friends in this room. doesn't matter how old they are, what their current situation is. I pray this for myself, Lord God, the different giftings that maybe we've shelved. God, may it, may it begin to be awakened yet again, once again in our lives, and so that we can truly truly live out what you've called each and every one of us to do. I thank you, Lord God, for your word today that, that, that encouraged us, that convicted us. May we go out and live it out today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.